Hello, everyone. This is Saqib, and I have uh, the honor of uh, hosting Paul Dennett, who was here on the podcast a couple of times earlier this year, and it was very well received. And, and most of you cricket fans on Twitter know him for the Big Smash Cricket podcast that he does, uh, and he's a very well-known voice uh, in, in cricket commentary on Twitter itself. Uh, hey, Paul, how are you? Hey, Saqib. Great to be here. So, yeah, I mean, uh, there's a big series going on in England right now, five-test series. You don't get that really outside of the ashes. And uh, India is becoming, you know, uh, I spoke to uh, Kevin Patrick Hand of the BBC and he said after ashes, this is the series was really uh, well-received as far as the promotions go and people are looking forward for a fair bit of a contest. And for the first time, uh, since my recollection, India finally has a, a world-class team attack that could take, uh, you know, and they, they did uh, take 20 wickets. Uh, of course, uh, playing two spinners was not uh, the best move on Kohli and the management uh, when they misread, uh, you know, the conditions. So where does India go from here? I mean, 2-0 down, I mean, uh, with no prep game, just one three-day game. Uh, what's the mindset when, you know, the team is touring and, you know, the series had so much hype besides Virat Kohli, no one can really bat. And and, and we know, you know, it's uh, in this day and age with a packed cricket calendar, it's very hard to manage this. Well, I think they have to just forget about the second test match and acknowledge that um, things can change very quickly. I've seen recent Australian sides in England in the Ashes where um, there's been sides that have been thrashed and then come back and thrashed the opposition in the next match. The first test match, India went within a whisker of winning. And the second test match, as you said, they probably shouldn't have picked the second spinner. And everything went wrong for them. They were they were hammered by a very good England side in classic English conditions. Whenever India seemed to be batting, it was almost either raining or about to rain. The ball was moving all over the place. Um, they did have England in a little bit of trouble and probably the, the lack of an extra seamer allowed um, Wokes and Besto to get them off the hook. So it's certainly not inconceivable that India could come out and play really well in the third test. So who do you bring back? I mean, someone who should keep his place as, a, as an all-rounder. Uh, or do you expect like Kohli to bring back uh, Umesh Yadav instead of Kuldeep Yadav, uh, bring you know more pace instead of spin? Or Murli Vijay is another guy who's been talked about. Uh, you know, he bagged a pair and hasn't really come good. I mean, no one has come good besides Kohli, so it's kind of uh, unfair to. Uh, he got the worst of the you know the, of the conditions to deal with, but he didn't last too long, so. Uh, what do you? What kind of changes do you expect this time around? Well, with Coley, anything's possible. I think they've never played the same side under him if, from one test to the next. So who knows what he'll do? I think I personally, um, I would keep Pandya. I think he's looked reasonably good with that. Um, in a in a side, as you said, that apart from Coley, no one's looked particularly good. I'm not sure about Dinesh Kartik. Um, uh, he seems to be struggling with bat and also. Not, not keeping very well. I'd be inclined to give Rishabh Pant a go. Um, and it, it depends on the wicket. If the wicket looks like it's going to take some spin, then maybe I'd swap out Kuldeep Yadav and bring in Jadeja. Um, if the wicket looks like it's um, not going to be such so spin-friendly, then you'd obviously bring in the extra seamer. I'm not sure of the fitness of Umrah, but otherwise you'd think that logically uh, Umesh Yadav would come back in. Murali Vijay looks completely bereft. Um, I've got a lot of respect for him. He, pl he played really well in Australia, so you'd like to give him another opportunity um, because class players deserve that, but yeah. the way he played. Yeah. And how about the Indian? This is supposed to be their strength, and, uh, you know, Pujara, Rahane, 
Uh, Rahul, no one's looking really good out there. Pujara did bat for 80 deliveries, but then it's becoming, you know, his, his strike rate. Again, that was a very tough situation, but he's someone who has limited strokes, it seems like, or doesn't get confident, you know, uh, inability to drive. So he was just uh, doing his blocking and pushing and nudging. He looked good, but I don't know if that's uh, something uh, that's going to get this done or you still think he's a pretty solid hope uh, considering, you know, uh, what's going around in Indian batting lineup. Just uh, talk about, you know, uh, all the batters besides Kohli, how you see them going in the series. Well, the concern with Pajara is that his form in England in county cricket has been poor. And I, I, I think that you've got to persist with him because he didn't play in the first test and he got run out in the first innings of the second. And he was batting in particularly difficult conditions in the second innings of the second test. And as you said, he lasted 80-odd uh, balls, didn't score many runs, but that was a that was a reasonable sort of um, performance. So if he gets slightly better conditions, then I still think he's definitely worth persisting with. And I, I think I'd persist with most of them at this stage, given that, um, that you know, you're not going to bring back Shikadawan, I don't think. I'm not sure that Rohit Sharma is necessarily the answer. I would like to see Jadeja back in the side somewhere. Um, his batting uh, with the freedom that he bats with could sometimes even uh, be worth a spot in place of one of the batsmen. But the, as things stand at the moment, um, I would keep the batting line up pretty much as is. Uh, but I would uh, drop Kartik and bring in Punt. Are you big on the concept of warm-up games, which have totally disappeared now because of packed calendar? Every country pretty much has their white ball league, T20 leagues. And it's not the cricket that was played in the 80s or 90s. These are as foreign conditions could be for Asian teams where the ball is swinging heavy moisture. And uh, and, and even batsmen, when they had like four or three-day warm-up games back then, would still struggle in a five-match series and they would come into their own in the second or third test series. So is this a phenomenon that's just, you know, we have to live with now? Because most teams are becoming uh, average or poor travelers. I think it's something that's very important. And the, the thing that I find perplexing is that you don't need eight or nine warm-up games as they used to have way back when. The The difference between having, say, three high-quality warm-up games and one sort of medium-quality warm-up game, often that is the main difference, that Australia, when uh, Australia toured India last, they really took it seriously. They went to Dubai for several weeks and played on the, the, the pitches over there. They kind of did everything they could with the limited time they had to prepare themselves uh, really well, and they performed really well. They didn't ultimately win the series, but it was, a, it was a pretty solid performance. So I don't understand why India didn't just say, right, we have to have an extra one or two proper warm-up games. Instead, they reduced the warm-up game from um, four days to three days, which I found um, uh, quite extraordinary. So a little bit of preparation, a little bit of high-quality preparation can make all the difference, and sides just have to force a way into the schedule to do it. Yeah, I think it's more about the, uh, what you want to do when you come on these tours because uh, if India uh, you know, doesn't come through in the third and looks like even playing for a draw is hard because no one's you know, staying at the crease, and then 3-0 becomes you know, a deficit not only that's mathematically done, and I think morally too. Uh, you've seen a lot of sides don't really recover after those, uh, you know, uh, when the score reads 3-0. Uh, and let's uh, focus a little bit on uh, Kohli's captainship here. You know, like he's Kohli the batter, like even Ganguly said, gets full marks, but uh, his uh, strategy of mixing it up and uh, creating, you know, this winning formula, which a lot of time is at the expense of some of the top batsmen, uh, can create a certain uncertainty 
in the mind of a player, especially in batting, there's no tomorrow. If you nick a ball, you're done. Then you're pretty much fielding for two days. Uh, but at the same time, these are professional cricketers who know the drill. So how important is that insecurity that sometimes is traveling around? You yourself said he hasn't fielded the same team twice. So what's what's going to you know give in at this point? You know, should we just you know have the unchanged batting order for the remaining of the series? Should we bring Shikhar Dhawan? That's always a con- you know conversation here. I think that Kohli's strength as a captain is also partially his weakness. That I, I, I think he's one of the best captains of India I've ever seen. That he believes that they can win overseas. He's determined to try to do well overseas, and he's demanding the very best of his players. But sometimes that can, uh, you know, if, you, if you're trying too many things and um, going down that path too much, it can backfire a little bit. I think that it was a mistake to leave Pajara out in the first test. I think they should have played the extra seamer in the second, but if they were going to play a spinner, it would have made sense to play Jadeja uh, rather than Kuldeep Yadav. It was strange that he didn't give Ashwin a bowl for so long in um, in this test match, that he brought Yadav on, um, who didn't have much success, and he went back to the seamers, whereas I think Ashwin with the new ball can always be effective. So I think sometimes he's so desperate to win and he's he's willing to try too many things. But as I said, I don't want to be too critical because I think he's a very good captain. And, uh, and, and the irony of this English batting lineup is pretty unsettled. If India does put up a fighting score, they could be really within a chance because besides Root and Johnny Bershaw, there really hasn't been, you know, uh, performances where, uh, of course, in the second test, you know, Woke scored a century, but, uh, you know, in India didn't really have much run on boards and on the second day it was a totally different condition. So that's something to be noted as well. Uh, now, moving on, uh, changing topics here, we are... Quite few months removed, I think four months removed from the you know ball tampering saga that shook you know uh, cricket Australia and everyone who is associated you know. And now, uh, what's the perception uh, when Steve Smith come back? What's the timelines looking like? And uh, what's your experience? How he's going to be brought back uh, to the team? Well, he's currently playing in the Caribbean Premier League, and before that, he played in Canada. So I think that he'll certainly get some cricket under his belt. It's uncertain exactly what form of cricket he'll play in the lead-up to when his ban ends in, in March, whether he'll play in the in the Big Bash or in Sheffield Shield. Um, look, I, I think he's such a class player that uh, whatever form of cricket he plays will be sufficient and that um, as soon as he's available, he'll be straight back into the Australian side. The World Cup is is on in England shortly thereafter. And the way that Australia performed without Steve Smith and David Warner recently in the one-day tour of England, then I think there's... Um, they just have to be rushed straight back into the side. There's a perception, I think, in Australia that uh, the, the mood has turned towards Steve Smith. That initially, there was a lot of anger that the, the ball tampering saga occurred. I think now with the cool light of day, a lot of people think, wow, he did get a long penalty for, I know that he's the captain, he's got to set the tone, but he himself didn't do the ball tampering. Um, and to get 12 months for it when everyone else in the world has ever done anything like ball tampering has, has got a slap over the wrist, that there's probably a feeling that, he was probably dealt with a little bit too harshly, so uh, he's going to get welcomed back with open arms. Whether that's the case with uh, spectators in other countries is, remains to be seen, but I hope that they um, that they forgive him this um, this issue. Uh, he got a couple of he got a bit a few runs in the the first game of the the CPL, um, so I, look, I think that he'll come back and um, will we'll once again vie with Coley to be the best batsman in the world. And is it expected that will he walk in back uh, walk back to the side as captain, or that's something that's going to happen gradually? I don't think he'll come back as captain. He may never captain again. He may. Uh, but I think that as far as the test team is concerned, um, they'll keep Payne as captain. As far as the one-day team is concerned, Payne's position in that side is under under threat. He performed 
very poorly, barely got a run in the five test, uh, the five game series against England. I don't know what they're going to do there. It will probably be up to Justin Langer, I think, to, to a large degree as to which way he wants to go. And I suppose it would be possible to. Um, it, the thing is, Steve Smith can't be captain for another year uh, because that was part of the ban that his captaincy ban extended for one year, but on beyond his normal ban. So. Um, I think that as things stand, will be will be Tim Payne as the Test captain, and quite possibly Aaron Finch as the One Day captain. All right, Paul. So uh, I know on Twitter you had an all-time India eleven uh, for Test recently, and it probably got a lot of traction because these kind of conversations are fun. These are like good exercises, especially for most fans like ourselves who are students of the game and they like to exchange notes. So let's put a twist to it, and let's uh, in your uh, memory and from your account. If uh, third test, suppose uh, let's put the best possible Indian eleven for the third test uh, based on players who have performed in England, and uh, of course uh, this goes back uh, as far as the eighties because that's the cricket I've watched, and I'm sure that's the cricket you remember. Let's not try to bring in players that we have not watched uh, just for our sanity check. So uh, I'm I'm assuming you're going to start with Sunny Gavaskar at the top. Yep, definitely. And, um, I mean, the side that I picked, which was – it's two years ago now. It's time has flown that I had um, Gavaskar opening with Saywag. Saywag's record in England is not so good. Um, but if it was up to me, if I was picking the third test tomorrow, I would still pick him because he only played a handful of games in England and I still think he's worth his spot on the side. Okay. And then uh, number three is going to be Dravid or Kohli? Um, look, I, I think that both Dravid and Coley would be in the side. Um, as for where they bat, I picked Coley at six because when I picked the side two, two and a half years ago, Coley's test average was in the mid-40s and he was the last batsman picked. Now um, he's probably the um, just about the second batsman picked, so it, maybe I'd promote him up to three, um, although then you kind of don't really want Dravid coming in when you want to score quick, quick runs. So... Um, Maybe I'll leave it as is. Maybe keep Dravid at three. So Dravid at three and uh, Tendulkar at four? Uh, yep, Tendulkar at four. Uh, he had a great record in England. Um, and then maybe uh, I promote Coley up to five. Um, not sure that Laxman's record in England was, was quite so good. Uh, would you would you keep him in the side or is there someone that you'd rather in there? Would you pick Ganguly? I, I think for me, uh, it's a classic. Azaruddin and Ganguly because these guys are good players of swing and uh, I think they both have like more than few hundreds. I know Azhar had two hundreds back in the 90s attack that had Devin Malcolm and Angus Fraser and uh, Chris Lois and then uh, Ganguly, you know, made a hundred at large on his debut. So I think you can't go wrong with either man for number six. I suppose the other thing as well is that one thing that my side had was a, a, was a preponderance of batting and that maybe um, you, you could make an argument that neither of those get in and that number six, you've got to start looking towards the, the keeper and the all-rounders and to, to pick an extra bowler. But um, I suppose that just depends on the balance of the side. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fine. Again, uh, depending on... Uh, because you, you do need, uh, you know, especially for India, you do, you, do need, you, you do need spinners or five bowlers because I was talking to a friend and I think uh, India somehow just doesn't back four bowlers. And when we have played four bowlers in conditions, I think the fast bowler's fitness is a concern. They're just not workhorses who can, you know, split the workload of 90 overs a day. So that you have to factor in, in my opinion, when you put on with Kapil Dev, of course, he's, he, he walks in any team. And then uh, who's, who's going to be a number eight, nine and 10 if Kapil is number seven? 
If Capel's number seven, um, well, I'd probably put Doney at seven and Capel at eight. Um, And then um, I'd still pick Ashwin. Um, I think that for Indian, for English conditions, I would not pick Kumble. I'd go for an extra seamer. And I think I'd pick Kumar, and I'd probably pick Kumar from my all-time side if I was picking it now, whereas two years ago his test record was pretty abbreviated. So maybe um, the, the bowling lineup of, of Kumar and um, Javagal Srinath. And if the, the conditions look like we needed to sort of bolster the bowling, then um, maybe Laxman slash Ganguly, um, who we've picked, gets dropped and maybe bring someone like Zahir Khan in. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think my, my team would be the same around with Tony Kangli or Azruddin, one of those guys at number six, and then Dhoni at seven. And uh, I would have, I think, uh, Kapil Dev and uh, uh, Ashwin, uh, Zahir Khan, and uh, yeah, Kumar. Is, is Kumar is a pretty good choice because Kumar can bat too. Because this, if Kumar is in the team, you have number 11 batting, then maybe he, he comes in number nine. But yeah, this, this will be an ideal batting team for India. Uh, you know, that's probably the deepest they would have batted. Yeah, and I think on that front, that's where if you did want to uh, omit whoever we've got at number six and you could promote everyone up one, have Dhoni at uh, six and Dev at seven and then Ashwin at eight and Kumar at nine, um, and you could then have Trinath and Khan or whomever at 10 and 11, you've still got a reasonably decent batting lineup. Were there some other players that you would consider? Uh, uh, I know this year 11, but uh, did you consider like the Ravi Shastri? Because he, he, he was one of the genuine all-rounders that India had. And then... Uh, who else was in your consideration? I mean, Ravi Shastri was one of the first players that I thought of when I picked the side because from my memory, um, I remember him uh, famously belting Shane Warne all over the place on his debut and, um, you know, he just he looms larger than life. But his overall record is probably not quite as strong. Um, so although I'd give him consideration, uh, I, I probably wouldn't pick him. Um, I mean, Jadeja is a funny one because... He's got a bowling record that is uh, almost better than any Indian that's ever played. He scored a first-class triple century, and yet almost to mention him in, in, in consideration for this lineup sounds crazy. But um, I think under, under certain English conditions, if the ball was doing a little bit, he could be a, a really effective player. So I, I think that that, that lineup is um, – there, there does seem to be a bit of a gap between the batting, the batting group and the rest. As you mentioned, a couple of others, Ganguly and Azaruddin, but – um, beyond that, um, I, I think there's a bit of a gap. And who would captain the side? <laughs> well, uh, I, I still think I'd probably pick Coley. I think that I like his... Um, I think in the past that India were content to win at home and and sort of not so bothered if they didn't win away, uh, whereas I think that Coley's attitude is we're only going to be judged by our away form and he's absolutely... Uh, furiously determined to do well overseas. As I said, sometimes that can backfire. But in a side like this, I think ultimately he's the one I'd uh, All right, Paul, that was fun. Uh, as always, let's do this uh, sometime soon. Thanks for your inputs. Thanks, Akib. Thanks,